This is the Storyline Podcast, produced by The Day in New London, Connecticut. And I'm Carlos Virgen, the host. On Wednesday, President Donald Trump delivered the keynote address to the Coast Guard Academy class of 2017. While cadets, their families, and friends celebrated on the campus, groups of Trump protesters and supporters gathered at McKinley Park in New London. Reporter Lindsey Boyle was there. I don't think they really know what the issues are. They sound angry. We're angry, but we have a different way of dealing with it. And we need to make a stand against these snowflakes who have no business being here. I think they're marching for fear. I think they're marching for hate. And I think they are marching for all the wrong reasons. I think they're patriotic, and they maybe don't recognize that we feel as deeply patriotic, and that's why we're here. Those are the voices of some of the hundreds of people who gathered Wednesday at McKinley Park, a little used green off of William Street and near the Coast Guard Academy. Some of them raised their voices in support of President Donald Trump, who delivered Wednesday's commencement address. Others carried signs and chanted against Trump and his policies. Each year, U.S. presidents address one of the four major military academies. A long-standing rotation typically dictates which one they visit. Based on that rotation, Trump was due to speak at the U.S. Naval Academy this year, but because of a scheduling conflict, he ended up in New London instead. It's not unusual for protests and rallies to greet presidents who visit the city for this reason, although the country's atmosphere at the time usually determines the size of those demonstrations. Since Trump began his campaign, and likely before that, We've heard, read about, and seen countless examples of people talking past one another. On Wednesday, despite a chance for communication and understanding, polarization won the day. We will not use physical or verbal abuse. First, I'm part of Unify and Resist, which is a coalition that's come together um, of a bunch of grassroots organizations. We really wanted to let everybody know that we are all working together. You know, it's we're different groups from different marginalized populations and different concerns, but we know that we're stronger together. Including any form of profanity toward any person. We will be mindful of traffic, pedestrians, and our personal safety. We will not damage any property. Parade Plaza filled with more than 200 people early Wednesday morning, all of whom were protesting Trump in some way. After a Unify and Resist coalition leader laid the ground rules, the group made its way toward McKinley Park. There, about 50 people already had gathered in support of Trump. As they approached the Trump supporters, members of the Unify and Resist coalition transitioned to silence. On the left side of the street, about 20 bikers for Trump stood in front of motorcycles they had parked neatly in a row. Across the way, Trump supporters stood atop a grassy knoll at the back of McKinley Park. A low stone wall separated them from the lower portion of the park, where Trump protesters eventually gathered. Interviewed throughout the morning, people on both sides of the fence had a strong understanding of what they were for and against. A New London church leader marched for democracy, which she said is in danger in the United States. Norwich women demonstrated in support of the Constitution and of religion, which they said played a critical role in founding our country. A Nyanic woman worried about cuts to programs that help low-income families and about climate change. A woman from Voluntown, she protested the Vietnam War too, stood in support of women's rights. Some talked about the rights of immigrants and transgender people. Many wanted to show support for the Coast Guard Academy graduates. Several said they hadn't been overly political until the country elected Trump. 
you know, I've never done anything like this. You know, first time in my life that I've I've been uh, upset enough to somehow get involved. We we entered dystopia last November. You know, I, it's we're actually in January 20th, and uh, every day gets scarier. So I. I don't know, i got to do something. <laughs> Trump is going to save our country from becoming, becoming communist. Because that's what these people want and they don't even know it. They see immigration, they see, you know, trans rights and any sort of civil rights really as, as a danger to the establishment of their um, historical power that, they ha that they've had for so long, that they've had the enjoyment of for so long, you know. For so long, for them it's going to be that equality is, is their oppression. He's doing an excellent job. He's standing up to the North Koreans. I would like to see him accomplish uh, a better relation with North Korea. I'm, I'm not for war, but if they fire off one more uh, missile with nuclear capability, I'd like to see retaliation. Uh, time for talking's over. More uh, pressing time-wise would be North Korea right now and Trump's lax, uh, you know, behavior and his tweeting and his indiscretion. They've been brainwashed. They're all, they feel that they're, everybody owes them something. Nobody owes you anything. Get off your ass, get a job, and be a productive member of society. I have two adult disabled kids and they can't work and they're put in this pool of people that don't want to work and it hurts me because they would love to work and they can't and I think we need to keep an open mind for everybody. In many cases it seems these people could have found at least some common ground. Take North Korea for example. A Trump supporter expressed that the country's actions are worrisome. So, too, did a Trump detractor. Despite being in such close quarters, many people struggled to explain why the other side was there. Perhaps they should have approached one another and asked. So I don't really know what their agenda is. I can't really speak for the other side. I can't speak to their motives, and frankly, I don't understand them, really. He's what's good for us, they just don't know it. Sometimes it's ignorance. Mostly it's ignorance, they just don't know what America needs to get back on track again. I'm trying to humanize them, but it's difficult, you know. I'd like to hope that they're not here in, in, in hate, but it, all, it definitely feels that way. In this podcast, you heard from Richard Mills of West Hartford, Margaret Bicott of Norwich, Dorothy Ford King of Voluntown, Jean Labine of Canterbury, Karen Mangicotti of Mystic, Michelle Maitland of Niantic, David Garcia Barrera of New York, Ed Hayes of Groton, and Lizzie Kenna of New Jersey. While the protests took place outside the academy, Inside, the mood was celebratory and hopeful. You will find that things are not always fair. 
you will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. If it moves and it's not supposed to move, then you put some duct tape on it. If it's supposed to move and it doesn't move, then you put WD-40 on it. I remember walking up and then I remember walking away and then <laughs> the rest of it was just a blur kind of. So it kind of felt fitting to come at the conclusion of all this and got our commissions and our degrees and happy to be off. <laughs> it was a great experience being here and I'm excited to go back home and like finally put everything into practice. I don't think it really hit until we were able to throw our, our covers in the air because that was really pretty much the, the culminating like event or sign that we're done with this place and we're moving on. Winston Churchill once said, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. All 195 of us had the courage to continue from suave summer to graduation. I'm proud that my son graduated and that he will serve the Honduran Navy. And we're thankful to the U.S. government and military. Too many children are not doing what their potentials, you know, they just, but if they went into this, it makes a man out of that man and woman, yeah. It's been tough um, academically, uh, but he loves it. I'm proud of him, I'm proud of all of them. There's a lot of other cadets that have kind of become family. Um, we're going to miss it, we're going to miss the, the other families and friends that we've made here. It's, it's funny, it's like no other place. You Really, you become family with all of these people take on the responsibilities of a commissioned officer in our great Coast Guard. We now divest ourselves of all symbols of cadet life. We heard from Peter Reeve, Nate Matthews, Alejandro Puerto Sanabria of Honduras, Kiana Kakoa, Carlos Roberto Puerto of Honduras, Jane Kakoa, and Maria Rimley. Reporting for that segment were reporters Martha Shanahan and Julia Bergman. <laughs>